0: It's the start of another week, and we're we're ringing it in our favorite way possible with a brand new episode of Watchmen. We're recapping
1: it here on TV House. I'm Ryan Snelling, PJ Campbell. What up? Dude, it's Watchmen Day. Watchmen Day is my favorite day of the week right now. Almost, well, almost. Mandalorian Day is good, too, but I'm always excited to talk Watchmen. I'm particularly
0: excited to talk about it today. Not that I haven't been in the past, especially last week. Like last week we got a great episode. It was our favorite episode of Watchmen. Didn't know how they were going to top it here. We were expecting something trippy based on last week's sort of preview if we if you will, but uh, you know, this episode kind of delivered exactly what we thought it would be, yep. but also like
1: tenfold in a way. Absolutely. Right? I actually was surprised, and I looked at you when it was over, and I went, well, not only was this episode great, but you and I were kind of ahead of the curve, and it delivered on a lot of the stuff you and I had been talking about on this show in particular. I am not unfamiliar with
0: episodes like this, because I've seen Lost episodes, I've seen Damon Lindelof episodes, and I've seen just other television shows do things like this, to where it actually doesn't really
1: propel the story forward that much. Right. It's it's more of a it's a bottle episode in a way. Like it's necessary information that we needed. It's not uh Shinfu that thing Shinfo. That, Shinfo, whatever that is, that thing that you talk about sometimes. God. Oh, I, I'm sorry, I made you sad. I, I said it wrong. But You're you're like the JTE on Schmo's though. Someone had to replace him. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. JTE, I love you, man. Regardless. Um I don't even know where I was going now because you, uh, you caught me off. We were talking about how
0: um, it doesn't really propel the story oh, forward yeah. a little bit. Or it, that it's much. definitely
1: like a Damon Lindelofy bottle type episode where you get information that's important. But it's not about pushing it forward. It's about expanding what we already knew. Totally. Totally
0: changes the context of the entire show. There's like not really like a whole lot to say even though I, I say that every time I say something like that our episode to end up being just as long as all of the other ones, but it kind of, it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot to say as far as like, well, again, not only are we not talking about propelling the story forward that much, but it there's like a couple of reveals, but we kind of anticipated those and we still don't really know where we're going to be next week at all. Like we can talk about that eventually, but it, it's really just about this episode being maybe my favorite
1: it's really close for me too. I think last week still might be my favorite just because it was such a kind of gut punch type episode I and everything it. about it really stood out. But this one in particular one if you're going to deliver an exposition heavy episode, this is the way to do it. Make it interesting. Like it there was so many ways that you can do like an exposition dump this is the way you need to do it if you're trying to get information across. So other films and TV shows and stuff, take note. This is how you want to like reveal things that you need seen. Let's talk about nostalgia for a second.
0: So we left off last week uh, under the impression that she's probably going to overdose and trip this entire episode, which sure enough she did. Went into a comra, kind of off camera, a if comra? you will.
1: Did you say a comra? A, a coma. A coma? Yeah, it sounded like you said comra for a second. A comra? Yeah. Threw me off,
0: sorry. She went into a comra, and uh, I, I'm i just curious. Like, this isn't a criticism, but I, I'm curious what role nostalgia will play now that this episode is over with. Because we we've talked about how we've seen this type of episode exist in other television shows. This episode could have happened... With or without nostalgia, you know sure. what I mean. Just, it would be an episode with a flashback. So now that we've kind of gotten this out of the way, I'm wondering if if this will just if this is just going to be a plot point to to get us here today, or if it's going to come back
1: around something special at the end of the season. I hope that it, it's something special, but I can't help but feel like it's probably just a plot point to be honest, a plot point that they were setting up all season for this very specific exposition dump. Right. Because not only does this whole episode do something that you and I thought we would probably get is in terms of a way of explaining the story, but it totally upends not just the show that we've been watching, but it upends the comic book that we've all known since it was written. Like, mm. the way that this kind of twist the history and twist the narrative of the things that we thought we knew is very interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we took that moment last week to sort of clarify what was actually going on with American Hero Story. Yeah. Because I kind of just misunderstood it all along. And it it just, it made this episode make way more sense. Because I don't know, like, it just, it, it just makes that much more sense. Especially with that opening scene.
1: I was going to uh, say, the opening scene alone this week like really kind of... Nailed in what you and I had been because discussing
0: yeah. and, and to remind people like uh, so I guess it was the first or second ep- first or second episode when we see the supermarket action scene and you can see that the guy underneath is white skinned mm-hmm. so I thought that they were just going to say that I thought basically the writers were going to tell us that we didn't actually see a white man right uh, as opposed to it being hey Ryan and PJ you saw. A clip of a scripted television show and those producers that made American Hero Story were under the impression this guy was white. Like, I'm glad we had that clarification. It just makes that much more And sense. I'm glad
1: that we got the answer to why, too. Because you and I had wondered about that because you even brought up when I originally floated the idea that he's actually Hooded Justice, you were like, but the dude in the show was white. Yeah, And the dude in the comic is white, and the dude in the movie was white. And I was like, I know, but something about this feels very clearly staged. And now we know, uh, essentially, like anything else, even though he was a hero, and the first superhero, technically, he was black, and they didn't want that because there was people who would not be comfortable with that. So he's actually pretending to be white. So, this show is somewhat divisive. I think most
0: people that are watching it enjoy it. Uh, I've been kind of following the ratings. They, they dipped like two and three. Like, mm-hmm. I think they lost 100K from week to week. Wow. Um, I was a little concerned, uh, and I told Jay, I was like, honestly, I wonder if like every show has that exact same dip. Right. Just because people aren't staying caught up. Uh, as time goes on, so I, I, I wonder if it'll come back around later on. And sure enough, I just double-checked, and about five days ago, it was reported that last week's episode saw another bump up in the ratings. So it did initially go down. I think the the premiere almost hit a million, and now right. we're at like 750K. So we've kind of seen a little dip, but now it's back on the rise. Um, I, I, I think most people do enjoy the show. I know that there are people that are out there that don't. And uh, it it blows my mind a little bit just because I don't I don't see the show that they do I don't guess, um, not everybody likes Dim and Lindelof, but I feel right at home in this kind of show. But is it possible? And you might not be able to answer this if you don't agree with everything I just said. But is it possible that like Watchmen just is is dated, like the idea. Like, where the graphic novel comes from. Is it possible that we're not really interested in that anymore?
1: In a way, I think. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, even the show is kind of perpetuating that idea, right? I mean, superheroes feel outdated in this world, in a way. We've taken them away. We've treated them like they need to be cops. They can't just be heroes anymore. Like, So I think the show itself is even trying to say that maybe the ideals and the things that we knew feel outdated. I don't even know if I've convinced
0: myself. Just because anytime there's a a, a new take on superheroes, I feel like it, it's still given like high praise. We sure. talked a lot about movies this past decade earlier today. Uh, things like Chronicle, mm-hmm. um, Super Bright, Brightburn, yeah, that came out. Uh, not so much Bright. Well, I went. I was saying Brightburn, Brightburn but you uh, jumped in yeah. and I let you finish. So, so yeah. Not that *Brightburn* was a tremendous like box office success or whatever. So, I'm curious if like there's just this, this this disinterest in this kind of auxiliary superhero storytelling, which is not—that's not even true because this is a DC property. Like this is still a running comic book with the Doomsday stuff. It's, It's operating under the DC banner still. But, um, I don't know. I'm I'm just curious if people aren't interested in this type of
1: superhero story. I mean, in a way, I kind of don't think you're wrong because... oh God, here we go. I'm going to say it. But stuff like Man of Steel and BVS are also very divisive for that reason, right? I mean, people don't want their superhero stories to be these kind of thought provoking ones. It seems like a lot of the time they don't like the deconstruction of superheroes. It feels like Mm -hmm. things like BVS are divisive because they're trying to go against the grain and against the mold, which in a lot of ways I think some of the ideas work, but there are the people who want the movies that are going to be just like superhero fare. And I get that. I understand that. And it's a tough balancing act. And I think that the thing about Watchmen is that Watchmen's very human like it's definitely a superhero story, but it's a very human story, and mm. I think that because it's not really superhero focused, people may not be as interested.
0: Yeah, like I said, I'm just thinking out loud, so I'm curious what uh, our listeners think of what I just said. The the couple of people that I've talked to that just don't like the show kind of just say that they think it's boring or just like not good. Oh sure, uh, we have our buddy Christos who. Uh, just does not like the show, and I, I, I'm i not even sure I understand why he
1: doesn't like it. Well, he also doesn't like the comic, just kind of period, so I don't okay. think that really helps the situation, because yeah. if he doesn't like Watchmen then, I don't know why you would like Watchmen now, if that makes sense. I don't think that's fair. Really?
0: Yeah, I don't think that's fair. I mean, I don't care about the comic at all, because I haven't seen it, and this is one of my
1: favorite shows of the year. I don't but know if there's a connection. You're open-minded. <laughs> more. And this is not like a <laughs> dig or anything, but you're open-minded to new things. Christos is already like, well, I already don't like Watchmen, so why would I want to watch okay. Watchmen? And then he watches Watchmen and he hates Watchmen while okay. he watches Watchmen. And to be fair, there are those people out there. It's true, oh, that true. We have to have the hate watchers in the world. Congratulations, Christos. You're the one.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. We might not have needed to entertain that at all, but I was just kind of thinking about it because I was thinking about the ratings and there there are people that have mentioned not liking the show and uh, like i said we're riding high man i know two back-to-back fantastic episodes here and but we didn't even like dislike any of them prior to that i was
1: gonna say this has been six episodes of great television to me yeah for sure like i'm obsessed with this show every time i every time you guys see me on twitter after it's over what do i say i never think Watchmen can get better and then the episode happens Yeah, I just want to watch uh, The Leftovers
0: with you, but we got to finish Game of Thrones first. We are so close to being done
1: with Game of Thrones. We're close.
0: Um, The first thing I'll say, too, we talked about nostalgia a little bit. I want to shout out the uh, direction. I believe it was directed by Stephen Williams. Yes, Stephen Williams. The uh, Lost alum director, Stephen Williams. So shout out to him for uh, showing back up for this show. I loved that this this episode was directed like it was a dream. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, a fever I, dream in fact I think about the piano player that would kind of just come in and out of the background who and, is his uh, mother by the way the camera the camera would kind of move over and a character would appear and then the camera would move back and then another character would appear and it, it was very dream like the way that things just like don't happen logically in a mm-hmm. dream how people come and go and then like it's a completely different dream even though you haven't woken up like that kind of
1: stuff that's what it felt like There was a lot of little moments like that throughout that I really loved, like him going out a door from the police station, then suddenly Mm. he'd be in the middle of a crowded street, or he would be walking down a certain block, and then he would turn, and that whole block would shift and be a totally different place. Like Little things like that happened throughout, and it kind of reminded me of Birdman, like it almost felt like a one-shot once the dream sequence happened and followed around, which I thought was really, really great, and it worked incredibly well for what they were trying to go for because it was striking visually it was striking to my like just to my eyes visually like I couldn't stop looking at it
0: we've had a couple of good uh, action scenes so far this season but the action was probably at its best here yes as well and it's,
1: it's easily the most action-heavy episode.
0: And it reminds me... It's got its own thing, too, but there are those moments that still remind me of Snyder, uh, specifically the shot where uh, he's leaping out the window and the camera... Their paws mid right. and the camera, camera kind of wraps around and you see the blood splatter and things like that. So it was very... Uh, Snyder-esque in those same shots reminded me of the supermarket scene as well. Well, so.
1: I actually was going to bring that up. And so, one thing real quick, um, because we really have not come out and said it yet. Just go. Okay. The We really hadn't talked about it yet, but the thing that you and I talked about for a while that we assumed was going to be true was that Will was Hooded Justice. Yeah. And as it turns out, it was absolutely true, Will is, in fact, Hooded Justice. He's the first hero who ever put on the hood. And I love that this was an origin of that story in a lot of ways, too. But more importantly, that sequence that we saw originally from American Hero Story of what happened at the supermarket, we see the real version of this here. And it is completely and utterly different than what we were led to believe. And that includes the shot you just brought up of him going into the store it's actually, he was jumping out the window to get away from being shot. Right. I thought that was fascinating. It was awesome. It was awesome. And like the cash register
0: thing, yeah. that wasn't like real at all. No. There, there there, wasn't actually a fight scene that took place in the actual version. He he pushes them into some bushels of corn, and then the cashier draws a shotgun. Like yeah. that's really it. Everything else kind of happened, and uh, I, I think that's really, really cool, because not only... It's like a game of telephone, but it's also like this idea that, well, they don't know he's black. So I was going to say like, it be, it's this idea that maybe they want to like kind of, or okay, maybe there is a point to this. So they obviously don't know the Hood of Justice is black, but I wonder if they romanticize it because they saw Hood of Justice as a white man versus like, I wonder
1: if, if they knew that he was black If they would misconstrue it in that way, I think that's 100% what it is. Because think about it, they want to romanticize the the hero in his first adventure and make it look like he was super cool when in reality, it wasn't like that kind of at all. Kind of like, yes, I guess what I'm saying is
0: he got away, that character, Will, could only get away with giving someone that romantic idea of what he had done because he disguised himself as white, exactly yeah. because
1: otherwise they'd play it up as potentially clumsy and right like he wasn't necessarily really a hero maybe he fell into it by mistake even though he had dragged down the cops right and that's the whole thing that this episode kind of hinges on is us finding out that most of the precinct it seems that he works for because will is a nypd officer is kind of they're all clan members. Yeah. There's a lot of white justice and white supremacy kind of happening inside behind the scenes. So they're trying to cover that up and he realizes there's nothing he can do as a beat cop. Yeah. That the imagery
0: with with some of those scenes was super powerful. The first one I believe that really got us was when they stop him on the side of the road. And then once they drive off, they're dragging two black bodies. Yep. And then
1: the blood leaves red on the street. And I think that was also a callback to what happened in Tulsa. Because throughout the episode, if you notice, we see flashes of what's happening in Tulsa in the memory itself. Like, it's been superimposed almost inside the nostalgia. So the Tulsa memories kind of coincide with what's happening. And the flashback takes place in Harlem, right? Is that what they said? Okay. So, it was just kind of interesting because I think that was a visual shot. Like, I don't think that they were actually dragging the bodies. I think he saw bo- the bodies that were being dragged in Tulsa connected to the cop car yeah. in the memory. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah, that's very possible
0: because the uh, all the Tulsa stuff when he was a boy was in color. Mm-hmm. So And the bodies were in color. That's right. That's right. Um, then, we get to the hanging scene, which... Once he gets hit to the ground, he wakes up, and then from then on, it's first person POV, and we literally watch him get hanged. The hood is thrown over his face, and it was it was damn powerful, man. It was it was deep stuff. Is that what the uh,
1: warning was in regards to? I'm assuming. No, the warning was later in the episode when it's got the strobe effects. Oh, that's right. But oh, okay. I, I'm gonna be honest with you, kind of think that warning should have been there for that too because this sequence was super intense it might have been one of the most intense sequences as far as seeing kind of racial injustice happening at one time because i'd never felt like i was in the shoes of a character like that in -hmm. that way and it was heartbreaking and scary and beautifully made but totally devastating absolutely I was like, how does he get out of this? <laughs> I was wondering the same thing. And like, Does does he actually like just break it on his own or whatever? But no, they let him go. Well, I mean, they did it as a warning, right. essentially. And I thought that that was... That. <laughs> no, I know you do. But I mean, just the idea of doing that as a warning. Like, imagine that. But at the same time, creating that warning also gave him a new identity. So I think the only thing that I...
0: Was a little concerned with. I Actually, I'm not that concerned because I don't know that I need this per se. But it did feel like his relationship with his wife sort of turned at the flip of a switch. So, I I can infer a lot of that just because I, I know what happened. Right. But they didn't show it. So... That's just that's just one thing I, I guess we
1: could have used a little bit more of, but I'm cool with it. Did you notice that or have a problem with no, it? No, I definitely noticed that because she was such a champion for him. Like she's there when he gets the his badge, she's there at the very beginning like interviewing him or whatever yeah. and they clearly have a very close relationship. She's the one who pushes him to, in a way to be the white-hooded justice. I think maybe part of my my concern was just because I didn't really know exactly
0: where he stood with his son. That their relationship, because that's where it all stemmed from, was
1: wiping the face paint off. So right. maybe I wanted a little bit more of that. And I'm hoping we're going to get a little more. I think that we're going to see a little more of what that could have been, because it looks like next week there's going to be more flashbacks. Yeah. Um, but I definitely felt like that relationship kind of went undercooked. That's because it was doing a lot of other things. Sure. And I understand that, because... The thing is, is once the Minutemen itself are introduced in the episode, that's when the show goes a totally different direction from what it was doing. Like, yes, Will is still front and center, and it's like about his crusade and stuff, but now we're looking at a totally different world than his personal relationship with his wife. I also couldn't help but, like, sort of question where
0: the gay romance came from, but... As I was thinking, I was thinking about it while we were watching the episode, and I realized that, like, that's not something I need explained to me. Right. I think that's just kind of me. I was being a little dim in that moment, because I don't need any other love scene. I don't need a straight love scene explained to me if two people just want to hook up or whatever. So, right. like, they kind of just didn't touch on it, and I as you know, I, I sat with it a little bit more, and I was like, yeah, I don't know why I, I uh, need that, because...
1: It's 2019. The moment it happened... Well, it's
0: 2019 here. It's not 2019 to them, but
1: you know. Not in this part of the (laughs) show, at least. Right. Um, The other part of that relationship that I find interesting is it's kind of, in a way, used to really drive home the fact that he's living a double life now. Like, he's a cop during the day, who has a wife and a kid, but then he has a lover on the side who's a superhero, and he's hiding himself from one side of the world to who he right. is on the other. And I thought that was very interesting.
0: So I think I asked you this last week, but I can't remember. Is he
1: uh homosexual in the comic? Mm-hmm. So they have a relationship in the comic. Mm-hmm. Okay, just make it sure. Yeah, so that's not really a new thing. Okay. Uh, and what I will say, too, is... And I don't know if you heard me say it while we were watching it, but I went, oh, there it is. It The moment that he's introduced as a Minuteman, yeah. and it's in front of the press and stuff, that is a sequence that is not only in the movie, but it's also from the comic, of all of them together, and there's a right. picture of all the Minutemen. And if you look in the background, did you see who was there? The comedian. Oh, uh, was he? No, yeah. I didn't, I didn't pick up you, on it. You, you can see him. He's got his cigar, he's in the back, and I was like... They don't really show who it is. Obviously, it's more of a stand-in, but just kind of cool to see the little pieces like that in play. I was actually hoping we'd get a little bit more with the Men at Men, to be honest. I figure they would have at least taken a moment to just provide some fan service in that way. Yeah, but at the same time, this is Damon. He's not really known for fan service. Like He likes playing to fans while doing his own thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the reason that i think a lot of people don't necessarily like prometheus because it doesn't play to the fan service right like it does its own thing at the same time so i feel like he was trying to do that here but i kind of wish it had because we also have jenny as like a big portion of the series so to have a little bit of interaction with the comedian would have been kind of nice
0: i think damon's fan when he writes movies, but not television. I mean, I think Prometheus has several fan service moments, and I mean the fact that Into Darkness is kind of like Bizarro Wrath of Khan sure, in a lot of ways. Fair. So, no, you're not wrong in that. But front. that might not even be him. All those times, it could be you know Kurtzman and Orsi or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Damon Lindelof, you know he has the show called The Leftovers out, and I I was sitting there, the first couple scenes that we had with young Will Reeves, I was like, that's Joven Adepo. And I looked it up on IMDb to confirm, and Watchmen isn't listed in his filmography, and he's not listed in Watchmen's episode uh, cast list. So I was just like, what the hell? Like, why are they hiding Joven Adepo? And then uh, the gentleman from, uh, well, he's kind of in a lot of things now. but Jake McDormand. He's in uh, Joker and uh, Barry, the Oh, that one. Different person. The the guy who runs the warehouse yeah. or whatever. Um, he wasn't really listed either, so I, th- I just thought that was very strange how it seems that the cast and crew, or the cast rather, from the flashbacks aren't credited until
1: um, you get to it in the episode
0: list, I but think it's that, not
1: elsewhere. I think it's all because it was trying to be hidden. They didn't want to reveal what was going on. I kind of understand I that. I don't know how that reveals anything, but just saying Joven Adepo's in a show in the show. I know, but you know how people are. You start saying this person's in something, this person's in something. Anytime it's IP-based, people start trying to figure out where they are, what they yeah. are, so on and so forth. And I think that with this... Damon even said like you and I both listened to the podcast that he did for HBO talking about the first couple episodes he was like another f- one just came out by the way yeah I haven't I figured that it must that makes sense because I think you said we both said we thought it'd be one through three four through six and then seven through nine right um but the thing that I took away from what I was listening to he even talked about like the first set photos that they made sure got out were of the the movie within the pilot. And the reason for that was then everyone would go, wait, what is this show? And have no idea. Right. And so I think that that's a big play for him is he's kind of playing in J.J.'s mystery box, but without doing the mystery box up front. Like, he's got the mystery box, but he's playing close to Vest instead of teasing stuff.
0: Right. Well, it was awesome to see Joe Adepo in the show. Shout out, Overlord. And the first thing I said out loud to you was, oh, finally, Damon brings one of the Leftovers alums into the fucking show. Completely forgetting that Regina King is the the lead of the show, it, it, but I, I told you too. I was like, honestly, she still isn't like the main thing to me. No, in she's this show. shifted a lot. Like I and I'm not criticizing either way, but she's just not the first character that I think of, and she's definitely not my favorite part of the show. So it's funny how I keep forget maybe not to her if she's listening. No, um, I hope she's listening, <laughs> Regina. We love you. Now, she's great. I just. There's just so much going on all the time, and the show is crafted. I mean, an entire episode episode will go by without seeing certain characters, so that's just, you know, part of it. But regardless, it was awesome to see him in there. Um, he plays—I don't know if you know this—but he plays her son in The Leftovers. So, I had no idea she was in it until you said it. To be honest. Oh well, basically. Her son from The Leftovers
1: played her grandfather in this show. So there's, Damon cool. loves tying that stuff together. Yeah, get uh, Justin Thoreau as Doctor Manhattan while you're at it, dude. I still can't believe we haven't seen Doctor Manhattan. I'm wondering if they're gonna wait to the very last episode. When did I call that? I thought we were gonna get it like going into four. I no, think. I think it was three. What?
0: Yeah, I called it super early. But it was because he posted about it on Instagram. So I thought he was just trying to like get us to uh Tune in get in us and excited. Like, I thought yeah. he was winking at us, but who knows?
1: No, Damon loves the meme game. Have you noticed that on his Instagram? Yes. I've he's noticed. all about it, the
0: memes now. Ever since he's been doing it, I caught up on it during The Last Jedi when he is freaking obsessed with the caretakers on octu <laughs> He like if you remember, that's what he that's what's on his t shirt in I his know. collider interview. I know. <laughs> and he just he just
1: makes memes about those things. He is hilarious. Like he's so in love with the meme game, and it makes me laugh all the time. Did you want to shout out your boy from Limitless? By the way, for playing. Yeah, Captain Jake McDorman. He was the one who I was going to bring up. He's he so really good. excellent. Yeah, he's really good. And again, he wasn't listed. You and I both looked on his IMDb to be sure, and I went on Twitter, and sure enough, a bunch of people were like, "Wait, is that Jake McDorman on?" Eight on Watchmen? What's happening right now? And I was like, my boy has come so far from Limitless. Uh, because Limitless is one of the w- greatest one-hit wonder shows of all time. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. I know that that's like a, you're going uh, a CBS procedural. Yeah, but it wasn't really like a procedural. And Bradley Cooper was in it. It was a sequel to the movie. I love and it's that, cool as shit.
0: I love that people seem to be like on... <laughs> it's like a household name like oh my god is that jake mcdormand I'd, i know i'd never be able to pull that but he was also in something else that i he was really good in
1: was it um you know what i guess he's a ladybird but that's not what i'm thinking of you know what else he was in that people may not realize he's in live for your die hard the yeah he's the guy that lucy's on the date with at the beginning of the movie Oh,
0: I'm thinking of he's in Shameless, but that's that was before Limitless. But I saw it after Limitless, so yeah. that's what I was thinking of. I thought he, for some reason I thought he was in um, uh, what's that movie called with Elizabeth Olsen and uh, I can't remember. Ingrid goes West. Oh, Ingrid I goes th- West. But it's uh our, the boy from uh, I fucking forget that guy's name, but he's awesome. Which one he plays. Uh, he's the blonde guy, he's a douchebag, uh, Billy Magnuson. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, I, I got him confused with him, but anyway. All
1: I'm gonna say is that I fucking love Jake McDormand. It was good to see him in this. More Jake McDormand for everything, please. Shout out Billy Magnuson for being a Jake McDormand doppelganger. And maybe the better Jake McDormand. No, um- How dare you, sir? Limitless <laughs> is, in fact, limitless in how entertaining it is. But, a- there was a dude reading action comics in this episode. Action Comics number 1 to be precise. Again, nice a uh, nice little shout out to kind of the idea of the Black Freighter comic in the original comic book. Thought that was a nice little nod there. Um I'm really loving this show in the way that it keeps tying into the overall universe in little ways. Like it doesn't have to be sweepingly huge things like having the giant squid in New York. Is that a nice plus? Yes, absolutely it is, and I think it was brilliantly done. But it's the little things. Like, all this stuff with Hooded Justice is just so fascinating, especially in a current climate. Right. Like, it's very relevant. The last note I have here, uh, this is really all that I have to say.
0: I thought it was weird that Damon, either Damon or, like, the, the, the press released information earlier in the week that was given to us in this episode, but I feel like it came from Damon in an interview, so I'm not exactly sure why. So What information? Because I might have missed this. Lady True running the company that produced Nostalgia. That was information that was in an interview that I read earlier in the week. That was brand new information to me. So I'm wondering why... It was out there if we were just going to get it in this upcoming episode.
1: I had no idea about that. Somehow I missed that. Kind of glad I did because that was very interesting as a little tie-in in and yeah. of itself. Um, we haven't really touched on either that Will figuring out how to control people because the KKK were trying to turn black people on each other. Right. Was a really interesting idea. They were trying to use projectors in film theaters kind of his origin comes from a theater in a lot of ways. And it's also kind of where I think looking glasses technology kind of comes from a little bit. I think so too. It's evolved a little bit. And so I thought that was very interesting the way that he figured all of that out, burned down the warehouse, but he took one of the projectors with him. And now as we find out that projector and what's left of it is the thing that he used to have Crawford kill himself because he did not kill Crawford he had Crawford do it himself right which i don't think the shot showed that very
0: well i he he, t- he ties the noose around his neck but how how
1: does he get hanged they didn't actually really show that like he's on I the ground i think he stepped off no he's on a platform was he yeah there was a stool i don't remember that yeah there was a stool there and i think he stepped off the stool how dare i question stephen williams uh, look, man, all I'm going to say is that I thought that that was a very interesting kind of twist. And it was clear to me that Crawford, I always kind of said it from the beginning. I felt like he, there was more to him than we thought. And it's very clear that Will thought that, too. Yeah. yeah. And I wondered, actually, at one point if Crawford might have been one of the cops in in the NYPD, but then he literally kills all of them at the warehouse. So yeah. that wouldn't have made sense. Shout out. Shout out. Black Mantis for still not doing it or Black Manta Manta for
0: still not doing anything. And uh, that's all I really have, man. I mean, it was a fantastic episode, but there's not a whole hell of a lot to dive in on. I mean, it was just, it was just great. Great action. Love the way that it was shot. Love the way that it was filmed. Great story.
1: I'm obsessed. Like I, again, I'll say it. Like, I think that this show continues to be really remarkable every time we watch it. And I just like what I'm getting out of the show. I like the way it's expanding the world. I like how it's expanding the characters. And it's just so much fun. And that sounds weird for what it's tackling, but it is. It's a fun show to watch. And I'm really into it. Um, I also just wanted to give a quick shout out. We got two TV house reviews Ow. on the Apple Podcast feed. That's right. Uh, Orange Grown 68 and Fred 2151. You guys it's are great. Oregon, not Orange. Is it Oregon? Look at Did it. I look at it wrong? Look at it. Oh, it is. Organ grown. I thought it said orange grown. And I was like, well, that's weird, but okay. I looked at it wrong. But regardless, it's there. <laughs> it is there.
0: Thank you so much to you too. We greatly appreciate it. If all goes according to plan, this episode will have gone out first thing Monday morning. So you have all day to tweet at us. Let us know what you think of not only our podcast, but the episode of Watchmen. Because we obviously loved it. I want to make sure everybody's on the same page here because, look, I love the communal aspect of television. I also love a lot when people agree with me. So please let us know what you're thinking, and if there's something that you caught or picked up on that we didn't address here, uh, please let us know. We greatly appreciate... Our listenership here on the Schmoes No Podcast feed, unless
1: your name is Frank Janish, and I'm tired of you oh. quote tweeting me and yeah. saying that you can't wait to listen to our show that so that you can be mad and wrong at us, like think we're wrong. That's yeah. just mean. Yeah, yeah.
0: To be fair, Frank Janish was right about something that I was wrong about in the Mandalorian. Anyway, we don't want to give him validation. You can check out our Mandalorian recaps on Friday. We have episode four coming up. It is, it is a holiday week, weekend, or weekday rather, so we are missing a couple of shows. Uh, clicking and streaming is still currently uh, taking a break, and William Bibiani and Whitney Seibold, Seibold, uh, shit, always get that confused, I before E, whatever the fuck. Um, they uh, are going to take the week off because normally their episodes come out on vacation, but uh, we're just going to
1: grab them uh, the week off because
0: I'm in the holiday spirit.
1: I mean, it's Thursday, it's Thanksgiving, that's when their show goes up, and they shouldn't have to worry about that, so enjoy your week off, gentlemen. There's a commentary for Angel
0: Has Fallen coming your way on Tuesday for Blu-ray back talk. Shout out, Gary uh, B. And um, what's the other thing? Oh, Movie House on Saturday, we will be talking about Knives Out and The Irishman, which will be on Netflix at that point, so everybody should be able to at least watch that, but also... Just
1: a little tease here you should go see knives out. You should also go see the Irishman in the theater if you get the chance but if not watch it on Wednesday when it drops on Netflix or watch it during Thanksgiving if you're trying to ignore your family because it's three and a half hours and they'll give you a lot of time away from them. Where can the people find you online? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at PJ underscore Campbell. Every week find me here on TV house Talking Watchmen and Mandalorian twice a week movie house on Saturday and you can find my podcast the PJ Campbell show wherever podcasts are sold.
0: Twitter and Instagram at WhatUpSnell. And please be sure to follow Schmozno on social media at Schmozno on Twitter and at SchmoznoCast on Instagram. Guys, we appreciate it. We'll see you on the next one.